And welcome to another episode of the Easy American English Podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Yvonne. The Easy American English Podcast was created to help English learners master some of the more difficult concepts in American English. And without further ado, let's begin. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Easy American English Podcast. And today we're going to talk about collocations. So what is a collocation? A collocation is two or more words that often go together. And when I say go together, I mean that they fit naturally and they sound naturally. These combinations sound correct to native speakers and native speakers use them all the time. Additionally, when you master collocations, you start to sound more like a native speaker. On the other hand, other combinations sound a little unnatural or sound wrong, even though they're not technically wrong or incorrect. So for example, it's natural in English, particularly American English, to use the words fast food. Everyone will understand what you mean if you say, oh, I'm just going to have some fast food for lunch. Now, an unnatural way to say that would be quick food. Although fast and quick are synonyms, Quick food just sounds unnatural. Um, You may have someone look at you a little strangely if you were to say, ah, I'm just going to have some quick food for lunch, as opposed to saying I'm going to have fast food for lunch. Now, this reminds me of the segment on synonyms and what I said about when you're selecting a synonym for a word to make sure that you're selecting a synonym that conveys the appropriate meaning. This is true for collocations. Another example is a quick shower. So someone can say to you, ah, I'm just going to take a quick shower and I will meet you downstairs for lunch. Okay, if someone were to say a fast shower, which quick and fast, again, are synonyms, it would just sound a little odd. It would seem um, like it was the incorrect thing to say, although it's not technically the wrong thing to say. It just sounds odd. Um, it's more normal for someone to say, I'll take a quick shower and meet you downstairs than it would be for someone to say, I'll take a fast shower and meet you downstairs. So why would you learn collocations? Well, one of the reasons would be to help you sound more natural and to help you be easily understood by native speakers. Because native speakers frequently use these collocations, oftentimes without really knowing um, that they're using these collocations. The same thing with um, phrasal verbs. Um, It's used very frequently. 
and they're easily understood. So collocations, learning collocations will help you sound more natural and help you to be easily understood. Another reason why is for you to just have an alternative way to express yourself. So you're not using the same vocabulary words again and again. Um, It gives you a richer way of expressing yourself, one that is, again, uh, more natural and more like a native speaker. Also, it's easier for us to remember and use language in chunks or in blocks. So when you are using collocations and you understand the definition that's being communicated by the collocation, it just becomes easier for you to use and to remember those chunks or those blocks of words and what they mean as opposed to just single words. Okay, so there are numerous ways you can learn collocations. And one of the things that I suggest to quite a few students is to read as much as possible. Reading is an excellent way to learn vocabulary words and collocations and to see those words used uh, within the context. So you definitely want to read as much as possible. Also, when you are considering a collocation, treat them as single blocks of language. So don't think of them as just words that are being put together. Think of them as a chunk or a block. So when you're learning a collocation, um, learn the meaning of that collocation and not just the meaning of the words that create the collocation. Also, you may want to learn collocations in groups that work for you. So you could learn them by topic or, you know, by particular word. So, for example, by topic, you know, you may want to learn collocations that relate to time or weather or money. Um, Or you may want to learn collocations by particular word, like you perhaps have done with phrasal verbs. So a particular word like take, um, take action or take a chance, um, things like that. So there are different ways you can learn collocations. Um, Now, the types of collocations. We're going to talk about um, how collocations are formed and how you may recognize these forms. But we'll do that right after this quick break. So stay tuned. And welcome back. So now we're going to talk about the types of collocations that you're likely to encounter. And there are really seven main types of collocations. So we'll talk about how they're structured and I'll give you a couple of examples of these. So one of the first types is an adverb plus an adjective. So for example, you could have invading that country was an utterly stupid thing to do. So utterly stupid. Um, That is the collocation that's created with the adverb and the adjective. 
Another example is, we entered a richly decorated room. Richly and decorated. Are you fully aware of the implications of your action? Fully and aware. So an adverb plus an adjective could be a collocation. A second type of collocation is with an adjective and a noun. These are really um, typical and you've probably heard many of them or used them yourself. So an example is, the doctor ordered him to take regular exercise. Regular and exercise. Another example is, the Titanic sank on its maiden voyage. Maiden and voyage. So you're describing the, vo the voyage. Um, in the previous sentence, you're describing how often to do the exercise, regular. Another example is, he was writhing on the ground in excruciating pain. So this collocation describes the type of pain that the person was in, and that's a typical way that people will describe pain, excruciating pain. Another collocation would be unbearable pain, okay? A third type of collocation is the noun plus a noun collocation. These are also very typical and you may have used these. An example is, let's give Mr. Jones a round of applause. Round of applause is the collocation. Another example is, the ceasefire agreement came into effect at 11 a.m. Ceasefire agreement. A third example is, I'd like to buy two bars of soap, please. Bars of soap. That is the collocation. Now, a fourth type of collocation is the type of collocation that includes a noun plus a verb. And some examples of those include, the lion started to roar when it heard the dog barking. So lion and to roar, also dog barking. Another example is, snow was falling as our plane took off. Snow was falling and plane took off. A third example is, the bomb went off when he started the car engine. Bomb went off. So you see, you can pretty much make collocations out of many of the parts of speech. Uh, a fifth type of collocation is the verb first and then the noun. And examples of that would be, the prisoner was hanged for committing murder. Committing murder is the collocation. I always try to do my homework in the morning after making my bed. Do my homework and making my bed are the collocations. A third example is, he has been asked to give a presentation about his work. 
give a presentation is the collocation. A sixth way collocations are formed is with a verb plus expression with a preposition. Now, here's an example of this, and you've heard this more than likely and probably have used this but not really realized that you were using a collocation. So, an example would be, we had to return home because we had run out of money. Had run out of money is the collocation. Another example is, at first her eyes filled with horror and then she burst into tears. The collocations are filled with horror and burst into tears. Their behavior was enough to drive anybody to crime. Drive anybody to crime is the collocation. The seventh and third type of collocation that you could possibly come across is a verb plus an adverb. And some examples of that include, she placed her keys gently on the table and sat down. Placed and gently. That creates the collocation. Another example is, Mary whispered softly into John's ear. Whispered softly is the collocation. A third example is, I vaguely remember that it was growing dark when we left. Vaguely remember is the collocation. So as you can see, uh, learning collocations is going to be beneficial for you to take your English to the next level. And it's also very beneficial for you for sounding more like a native speaker and also being understood a lot more clearly by native speakers. So we're going to take a quick break and be back with those funny words. And welcome back to the Easy American English Podcast. So now we're going to consider funny words. And as you know, English is full of funny words. <laughs> okay, so today's funny words are conscious and conscious. Okay, conscience, C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-C-E. Conscience means a sense of right and wrong. And an example is, my conscience kept me from cheating on the exam. Conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, means aware or awake, okay? You are conscious, aware of your actions or awake. So an example is, I was conscious that I was doing something wrong. Or, I was conscious when the burglar entered the house. So conscious and conscience, you can hear a little bit of a distinction when pronounced 
just on their own. However, when you're hearing these words being spoken, sometimes uh, they could be pronounced the same way unwittingly by native speakers, and it really can cause some confusion. But when you see the words, they're definitely spelled differently, and they're actually pronounced differently if you really are training your ear to listen. Conscience, conscious. Okay, so again, conscience is a sense of right or wrong, and that's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-C-E, conscience, conscience, and conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, conscious, conscious. It means aware or awake. So hopefully I explained these two words and I hope that that will be helpful to you in the future. Now we're going to go right into our word of the day segment. Now our word of today is duplicitous. Duplicitous. D U P L I C-I-T-O-U-S. Duplicitous. Duplicitous. Duplicitous is an adjective, and it means marked or characterized by duplicity. Duplicity is a noun, and it's spelled D-U-P-L-I-C-I. T-Y. Duplicity. Duplicity means deceitfulness in your speech or in your actions. You will also see the definition of duplicity as double dealing or the act or instance of being deceitful. An example of using duplicitous in a sentence is James has always been duplicitous, therefore I don't trust him. Another example of using duplicitous in a sentence is The spy was duplicitous as he worked for two different governments. Duplicitous. Duplicitous. D U P L I C I T O U S. Duplicitous. So, my goal for the word of the day segment is to introduce higher level vocabulary words to you. Typically, the word of the day is not going to be just a regular, everyday word. You will normally hear the words that are part of the word of the day segment in business English or in a professional setting, um, perhaps in an academic setting. 
the whole purpose is to introduce you to a higher level vocabulary to help you learn some words that you may not come across in just your general English education. So hopefully you will appreciate those words and that those words will help you to enhance your vocabulary. that does it for this episode of the easy american english podcast i want to thank you for joining me for this episode and until the next episode stay safe